Hello and welcome to another edition of Renewed to Win. I'm your host, Michael Carroll, and I will be leading you through, um, right now we're in the middle of a series on discipleship or, or leadership and, and how Christians can have an impact on their world. Um, if you haven't listened to the, the previous broadcasts, I hope that you do. I hope that you take time to, uh, to uh, get caught up and, and join us as we make a commitment in, in these last days to, to help um, show as many people as possible who Jesus is and, and the reality of, of his coming and, and the hope for the future and, and what knowing him, uh, what that means for, for knowing him. So uh, <clears throat> anyways, a couple of announcements. Um, keep sending in the prayer requests. Uh, we pray for here at Renewed to Win. We pray for every single prayer request that we get. Uh, follow up when necessary. Um, so so keep us updated on on what's going on in your lives, and uh, we will continue to pray. Uh, another another announcement: We are getting ready to launch Vision Friday. Now this is something I've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Uh, it happens to be one of my life passions, and I'm really, really excited about showing you how to find and achieve God's plan and purpose for your life, His vision for you, the purpose for for your for the reason why you you were created. So let's um let's jump in here today and continue uh, right now with with uh, how how God uses leaders or, or the qualities that God looks for in, in Christian leaders or disciples. Um, Lord, we, we thank you. We praise you for this day, God. I thank you for each one of our, um, our subscribers, God. I thank you for, for everybody who, who uh, finds this message on the Internet, who finds this message on YouTube or, or through the website or, or on a podcast, Lord. I pray that you... Um, you're with me today, God, as, as I deliver this message. I pray that your words are, are spoken. I pray that your will is done in this ministry. And everybody who, who's listening in their lives, God, just uh, reveal yourself more fully and continue to, to do great things. God, we know that you're coming soon, and, and we're excited. But we know that there's still a lot of work to do. So, so we, we ask that you uh, lead and guide and direct our work, make it focused, so that nobody gets left behind. And we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so um, we've, been, we've been talking about Christian leadership, discipleship, and what that really looks like. And... Um, the qualities that you need to develop to, to become an effective disciple in a fallen world, in, in a world that's, that's full of uncertainty, um, definitely uh, immorality, uh, and how you can, you can make a difference and you can, you can stick out and, and, and you can attract people and, and shine the light of Christ through you and into the world. So, God uses leaders who trust Him. 
You know, Romans 4, 19, 21 says, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. And then Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You see, there's, there's certain characteristics that people of faith, that, that effective disciples, effective Christian leaders um, have, and, and they, they develop these, these characteristics throughout their life. Number one, they have a vision. See, they, they see the promises of God in the distance, and, and they pursue those promises. Um, you, you know, when, I, when I'm talking to people about my personal vision and, and what's happening here at Renewed to Win, uh, you, you know, I, I sometimes tell them the, the story that may, may make me look crazy in the world's eyes, but, but it happened, I believe it happened, and it, it's brought me to where I am today. I remember as, as a young child, I remember sitting in my room, and I remember sitting with God. And I remember him showing me what he wanted me to do with, with my life. And, you know, throughout life I got sidetracked. I, I got brought in different directions. And, and um, like all of us, I, I, I became full of fear of, of, of the unknown. So, so I pursued a different path. And now, years later, God has brought me full circle through the lessons that I've learned and the places that I've been. And I see straight ahead, clear as day, that vision. The technology has changed. There was there was no um, there was no internet back when I was a kid. But today, everything's different. And and but the vision is still the same. Um, another characteristic is they have confidence. They are certain of the promises of God. Their heavenly Father. You know, if you had a good relationship with, with your, your father as a child, you knew that if he said something, he would follow through. I, have, I actually have a, um, a, a sign hanging in my garage, and I look at it every day. It says, no broken promises ever. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is. That's the way God is. He loves us that much that... that if he promises you something, he will follow through every time. There's no room for, for um, doubt. And when you, when you begin to grow in faith and, and you see this, that he always follows through, it grows, it grows your confidence. So ask God for what you need. Ask him for, for, for what you want. And trust the outcome. Passion. People of faith have passion. They accept the promises of God. And, and I ask you right now, how big is your God? The, the, the Bible is full of promises. 
most people are, are, are too afraid to accept those promises that, that they, they live a mediocre life. But the promises are real. The promises are true. And the promises are for you and for me. People of faith, they look at God, not at the circumstances. You know, I've been through a lot in my life. You have been through a lot in your life. Where, where, where has your focus been? Has it been on what's out there and what you can't control? Or has it been on your relationship with God? People of faith have courage. They look at God and not the circumstances. There, there's, a, there's a world of uncertainty out there. And nobody really knows what's going to happen next week or next year or um, 10 years from now. The, the certainty is that Jesus will return. But not being a date setter, because the Bible commands us not to be date setters. But the season is changing, and, and, and it looks as if the time is running short. So, so you need to keep your eyes focused on God. And you need to keep your eyes focused on, on, on trusting Him. Um, people with faith have passion. They accept the promises of God. How big is your God? Really, how big is he? He's made certain Such promises to you. Another characteristic of, of people with faith is, is ownership. They know that everything belongs to God. You know, you see them in church, they're the ones that tithe. They're, they're the ones that, that hand everything over to God. They're the, they're the ones that, that give him their life and lay it at the altar. And they know that when they do that, they have nothing to lose because God will take care of them. Our God is great. Our God is awesome. Our God is big. They have dreams. They allow their God-given dreams to drive them. You know, you were created for a purpose. And whether you fulfill that purpose or, or, or whether it just um, God finds somebody else to do it, he, God doesn't need you. He wants you. So if, if you don't pursue the purpose that, that he created you for, if you don't pursue that dream that he planted in your heart, maybe you've forgotten about it. Maybe it's buried. Maybe it's lost right now. You have to uncover it and find it. But that, that's, that needs to be the driving force in your life. Um, characteristics of people with faith. They make sure that their future is bigger than their past. They don't let the past hold them back anymore. Y you know, if, if I lived in the past and, and, and I lived in all the mistakes that I made, I wouldn't be doing this ministry today. I, I wouldn't be pursuing God's dream. I wouldn't be sitting in, in, a, in, a, in a growing mission that that just continues to when i do god's will when i follow these dreams things work out one after the other and, and that's that's the way it is with you also they don't they don't dwell on the past they don't they don't get lost they don't get hurt in the past you know your greatest failures your biggest disappointments and, and your biggest hurts can be used by God 
And that's what he's trying to do when you learn these lessons in the past. You see, God will use you in discipleship and as a Christian leader when you learn to serve others. This may hurt your ego, but it's really not about you. You know, in a world where where people read Self Magazine and you take a trip to uh, Costco and, and 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 people are all out for themselves. I I, I was there Saturday. Um, it's a great place to learn grace and mercy. Um, but but you need to get outside of yourself. You need to serve others. And you need to serve. You need to learn to do it in your attitude and the actions that you take. And you need to do it without worrying about who's watching. You know, there's many Christians who who only do things when they're going to get credit for it. When when they're going to to uh, gain some kind of notoriety. You know, the Bible said when when you when your right hand gives. When your left hand gives, do not let your right hand know what it's doing. Uh, to paraphrase, um, stop looking around. God sees, and that's all that counts. See, strive to develop a Christ-like attitude. Philippians 2, 5-8 to says, Being in very nature God did not con consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, in reference to Jesus Christ. That's, that's what that's saying. See, Paul's telling us that we need to develop the same attitude of service that Jesus had. Jesus, when he returns, he's coming back as a reigning king, but, but that first time he came, he came as a humble servant. He came to lay down his life and to give it for you and to give it for me. He wasn't, he wasn't looking for, for compliments, and he, and he wasn't looking to, to, to um, gain uh, recognition for himself. We need to develop that same desire to take action that the Jesus had. Whether it was hailing somebody or raising somebody from the dead. Or, or feeding thousands of people. We need to take action and we need to allow God to work beyond our action. See, Jesus was God. But he cared more about his purpose than his position. He came here to, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have victory in this life. And he didn't care in the moment while he was here that he was God. He, he cared more, more about accomplishing his mission. You see, he made sure that he kept God's priorities as his own. He was there for a single purpose, and, and he accomplished that purpose. And he knew the way to accomplish that purpose was to serve people. And so, so how, do you, how do you serve people? 
well, you, you do stuff for them. It's quite simple, but, you know, to, to make it simple, to make it even simpler, you, you need to meet people in their needs. We have a whole world of needs out there. Um, there's people that are hurting today, people that are out of work. There's people who have medical issues. There's, there's people who, who can't uh, scrape together enough money to, to pay their heating bills. Um, we, we need to meet those people there. Where they're at. Not where you're at. Not where, you, not where your church is at. These people are lost. They, they, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. We need to go out into the world. We can't wait for them to come to us. Yeah, you know, every so often on, on a Sunday morning, somebody will raise their hand and um, intro introduce themselves as, as being new. Um, they'll come up to the altar for prayer. But most people today, unfortunately, never set foot into a church. We need to go out into the world. We need to go where they're, they're living, where, where they're working. We need to, to, be, to be a force carrying a, a light into a dark world. So we need to meet their needs. We need to meet them where they're at. You will rise to where God wants you to be when you begin to serve in your purpose. Not what you want to do and, and, and um, not what you see on TV or, or not what you see in TikTok. You need to serve in your purpose. And the Bible tells us that, that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our hearts. So when you're aligned with God, you will want what he wants for you. You, you, will, you will strive to, to, to please him, and it'll bring delight into your life. You see, when... when you begin to, to serve people. It sparks a passion within you. What are, what are some of the needs at your workplace? What are some of the needs at your school if you're a student? What are some of the needs in your neighborhood? Once you recognize it, you need to take action. Well, well what action, Michael? Um, pray about it. There's a concept called taking the next right action. And when you do that, you pray, and, and God will continue to show you the next right thing. They're usually small, tiny baby steps that, that you can take. And if you do them one after the other, they lead to big action. See, taking action is the first step in getting others to cooperate. Figure out who can help and and in your vision, in your purpose. And when you start doing things, it, it, it's, it's almost contagious that, that when you start taking action, those around you will want to help too. The, the, those Christian people at your workplace, who, who you, you may not even know are Christian, when they see you standing up in faith, it inspires them. It makes them step out. You see, also, humility, when, when, when you're doing all this, it, it's absolutely essential that you, you remain humble. 
a Christian disciple or a leader is not more important than anyone else. We're all individuals and we're all loved in God's eyes, but, but we're not, we can't hold ourselves up on a pedestal. We got work to do. And, and we're not more important than unbelievers. But our actions are. You may not realize it, but, but if you're a Christian and people know that you're a Christian, they're watching you. So, so if you leave early from work or, or if, you, you, um, if you make a mess and you don't clean it up in the grocery store, or if you, you, you uh, cheat on that, that history test, people are watching. You, you, need, you need to stay focused on God. And no matter how much you achieve, you are still human. You always have to remember that you're, you're, you live in a fallen world. You're, you're a sinner. You've been redeemed. You've been saved by Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean you're perfect yet. We will be. There will be a day coming when, when we, we achieve that, that perfection. We're not there yet. Learn to appreciate your friends, your family. This is a way to help you stay humble. Without them, where would you be? Appreciate them. Tell them that you appreciate them. Show them that you appreciate them. Learn to depend on other people. Can you imagine a head without arms or feet or a body? We're, we're meant to work together. Recognize the different gifts of, of everybody on your team, in your church, in your discipleship group. And work together. And as your, your success increases, don't forget, as, as you step out more and more in faith, your mistakes do have more impact. You know, we see from time to time the Christian leader who, who has that moral failure. And people, people see that. And it drives them away from God. And it, it drives them <clears throat> further into the enemy's camp. And I'm sure many of these people that go down that path never intended to. But, but somewhere along the, the line, they lost that degree of humility. And, and and they lost the connection of God that's so vital and so important. Don't hold other people to standards unless you hold yourself to them. Expect more from yourself than, than anybody ever could have asked of you. God, God will supply the need. God will supply the power. You know, to humble yourself is risky. But it will pay off in an increased credibility. You'll gain credibility amongst your coworkers, your friends, your, your family members, and they'll see that you're the real deal. And just remember this, you like Jesus when, when he was here, you you become greater than other people only when you serve them. And when you learn to serve others, God sees you. Meeting those needs. God sees you pursuing the, the plan and the purpose and the vision for your life. 
and he calls you to, to bigger things, to greater things. God uses leaders and Christian disciples who discover their gifts. 1 Timothy 4, 13-16 says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You see, leaders rise when they first identify their gifts. And, and then they see the opportunity to use those gifts. A God-given gift doesn't do anything if you don't use it. You need to, you need to develop it. You need to identify it, develop it, use it. See, disciples, Christian leaders, used by God, they, they know the importance of finding their gifts. And the importance of finding their gifts is not for you. If your gift, if you believe you have a gift and it benefits only you, it's not a God-given gift. It's not where God wants you to be. There, you need to, to find it. You need to develop it. When you identify the gifts that God has placed in your life, you're taking responsibility for your own growth. You're being an example for other believers. You're leading. You're showing other believers. You're getting them outside of themselves. You're pushing them. You're making them grow. It's very uncomfortable to, to stand still when you see other people making progress. You see, learning to seek and learning to, to pray about your gift will result in matching your gift with the right timing. God will tell you when. You know, I, I, I spent a good part of my life in, in uh, failure and self-doubt. Um, did I have to go through that? No. But it brought me to a, a time when, when, when God said, now is the time. Go. And, you know, seeking will result in matching your gift with the right people. I am still absolutely amazed at the people God brings into my life. And, and, and when I'm brought into other people's lives. And they tell me, oh, I was praying for this, for, for your ability, or I was praying for, for um, somebody to speak to. Um, but but it, it's always on God's timing. It's the right timing, it's the right people. And he'll match your gift with, with the right place. You need to trust him. See, God will use you if you develop your gifts. And knowledge of your gift will, will make you want to use it. It's important to intentionally find avenues to develop your gift. 
You need to study. You, you need to, to work on what God has called you to get do and, and, and be. Grow in knowledge. Grow, grow in skill. And, and most importantly, He'll use you when you use your gift. When you, when you use your gift in service to others, it will grow. He'll give you a platform of influence. He'll make you aware of that influence. When you have a platform of influence, use it for God. Don't use it for your own selfish gain, because quite honestly, you'll, you'll lose it if, if that's what your plan is and that's what you try to do. Serve. Learn how to serve when needed. Do you only uh, look for the, the important jobs to do at church? Or, or will you do whatever is necessary? Serve how needed. Serve where needed. Be flexible. Learn to trust God. Learn to be a servant. You can, you can expect results. First off, when you have been faithful and using your gift. What is your gift? If you don't know, spend time in prayer. Spend time seeking God's face. He'll reveal that gift. It's not supposed to be a secret in your life. It's not supposed to be hidden. So if you don't know what it is, get there first. And then become faithful in using your gift. Don't worry about making mistakes. You know, we're human, we all make mistakes. But God will allow any mistake that you make to be used as a learning experience. Be faithful. Do what he's, he's called you to do. You can expect results. It may take time. God, God will not grant you instant success. There's lessons to be learned along the way. There's, there's a, most importantly, a relationship with him that needs to be nurtured and, and grown and strengthened along the way. So, allow time. Don't let the enemy know when you're willing to give up. Be willing to stand forever. And when you learn to stand forever into eternity, you'll, you'll achieve what God has set out for you to achieve. It may take a season of self-discovery. In many cases, it could be a long season. You know, when I, when I was studying for the ministry, when I was in Bible school, um, there, were, there was a car, course about certain things that, that Christian leaders go through. And, and uh, certain seasons of their life. And one of the seasons they described is called the, the, the season of wilderness. You may be in the wilderness. You may be entering the wilderness. Don't waste that time. Learn from it. Grow yourself. Learn the word. Gain a greater understanding who, who God is. And you can expect results, but it may take trust. You may be in a, in a certain particular 
place in your life and you don't understand why things are happening. But you will. You know, I tell people and I teach people, there will never be, if in 10 years, there will never be anything that you're dealing with today that you won't fully understand why it happened. You may not understand in the moment, but into the future, looking back. And you can look back on certain seasons of your life, certain, certain times in your life. And if, you, if you're truly looking and being honest with yourself, you'll, you'll see that that's true. So expect results when you've been faithful and using your gifts. Allow it to take time and learn to trust. And God will begin to use you in, in His intended purpose for you. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together. We praise you, Lord. We, we glorify your name. We thank you for, for your goodness. We thank you for, for all that you're doing in our life, God. I pray that you uh, continue to lead and guide us. God, I pray, um, I pray for, the, for the harvest ahead, Lord. I pray that you use each one of us for, for your glory and the purpose that you created us for, Lord. I pray that we bring a light into a dark world this week into the future. Lord, I pray um, I pray for the lost, God, those that don't know you. I pray that you bring us into divine appointments, that you bring us into, into situations, circumstances, conversations that allow you to be glorified, that allow your name to be praised. Let us, let us reach out to, to a lost world, God. Let us be an example of your goodness. Let us always serve. Let us trust you. And I just pray that you bring, bring the harvest, and I pray for those, those lost people, Lord. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody, and I will see you next time on Renewed to Win.